This podcast is for the chronic undersharer, the designated listener of the group, and the perpetual bottler. It's your turn to open up. Welcome to Spill. Today I want to talk about something that I've been thinking a lot about lately, and that is finding and fulfilling one's purpose. I know, I roll gag me, what even is that? But the reason I've been thinking about this is because over the course of the pandemic, I've had many days and weeks where I feel like I'm just not serving much of a purpose. I'm not doing enough. I look at the doctors and nurses or school teachers or folks that work in pharmacies and grocery stores and I feel insufficient, guilty, even lost. Like I've chosen a path that's less worthy and therefore I am less worthy. Funny thing is, I think I've always had this insecurity and feeling in my belly that I needed a job with purpose. Even as a kid, I remember the jobs I used to aspire to. After, of course, briefly contemplating life as an archaeologist, which can only be attributed to a strong affinity towards Indiana Jones and a deep desire to fashion his sick fedora, I slid into an intense fantasy of being a rock star, singing in front of a sold-out crowd, playing a guitar so low Billy Joe Armstrong would be impressed. But very quickly, I moved on to more impactful, practical dreams. Because even at eight, I was an unforgiving realist. So I started to dream of being a teacher. I was obsessed with and indebted to so many of my teachers growing up. Mrs. Richards in fifth grade unlocked my love of writing. I remember total nirvana. I felt writing a series of short stories that for some reason all had cameos from Steven Spielberg. I don't even know why. I was more... George Lucas person anyway, but alas, in the safe spaces of my blank pages, I could be free and creative without judgment or boundaries. Then there was Mr. Lee in seventh grade, who helped solidify my dedication to music, and whose quiet empathy made me feel safe and seen when I was so used to blending in. And then freshman year in college, Professor Hansen inspired me to care about civics and the value of engaging in politics and social change. Teachers held such a prominent place in my life. I knew they made a difference. They had a purpose. I wanted that too. I also briefly tussled with the idea of being a doctor. And before you come at me and say, "Mm, is that because you watched a lot of Grey's Anatomy? No, thank you very much. No offense to McDreamy or McSteamy, that was not the origin of my desire. Again, like with teachers, I knew doctors helped people and did noble work. They had a purpose, and isn't that what we're all supposed to want? All to say, I've always had this fixation with purpose, and at times have placed overwhelming pressure on myself to pursue a career with quote-unquote meaning, whatever that even means. But I've recently realized just how flawed that fixation even is. First of all, your business card doesn't need an MD on it for you to be doing purposeful work. Whether you help people file for loans, you build software, you carry mail, or you take care of your kids and family full-time, your job is helping people, your job has value, and it's worth your time and attention. But honestly, the bigger flaw in my original thinking is that it assumes that your purpose, your value as a person, is categorically tied to a job, as if we were put on this earth for the sole reason to work. That's insanity! So why have so many of us bought into that idea? What about all the people who are unemployed? 
Are they just devoid of purpose? Ah, shoot, you're out of luck, son. No. Can't people serve a purpose outside of work? Is purpose less important when it happens outside of the hours of 9 to 5? Is there some fine print I don't know about? Look, your work very well may be your purpose. But I think for a lot of us, it isn't. So how do we find out what our purpose actually is then? Let me tell you three brief stories. When I was 11, we had this week-long school trip called Outdoor Lab quintessential Colorado childhood experience. It was a rite of passage. Our entire sixth grade class got shipped to the mountains. We spent four days and nights away from our parents, up in cabins, hiking, and learning about nature. I was a nervous wreck. Not only because I was what one calls a city girl, I have my mom to thank for that, but because this was the first extended time away from my parents, and I was petrified to be away from home for so long. But I remember going back to the cabin one of the first nights before bed, and seeing that both of my brothers had written and sent me letters to read while I was away. As to be expected, they were filled with snarky, teasing jabs, but those letters made me feel so much better, and I felt less scared about the rest of the week. When I was coming out as a queer person, I was wrestling with working up the courage to come out to one of my dearest friends. I was physically nauseous the night before and the day of. I knew I had to do it, but was crippled by the thought that coming out would alter a relationship that I cared so deeply about. We were at a coffee shop when I eventually, without making eye contact, and whilst quite literally shaking like a leaf, unfurled my truth. And without skipping a beat, my friend leaned across the table, took my hands in hers, looked me directly in the eyes, and just said, I love you so much. Earlier in the pandemic this spring, I was trying to adjust to working and living in isolation, like I'm sure a lot of us had been trying to master, while also experiencing a lot of anxiety from work. One day, I was working at my kitchen table, and I got a text message from a friend of mine I met years ago, as awkward but sweet, fallout boy-obsessed 12-year-olds in middle school. I opened the message. There was no agenda, no pressure. She just earnestly said, Hey, I've been thinking about you. I miss you, and I hope you're doing all right. For a moment, it felt like the avalanche of crap cascading around me dissolved into a temporary sense of peace. I mentioned those three anecdotes because, I don't know, (laughs) some of the most important and profound moments of my life have been the smallest, most unassuming interactions. And you know what's funny? When we talk about purpose, it's always these grandiose Mother Teresa-type visions. Curing cancer, running for president, solving the hunger crisis. But what if... What if your presence is your purpose? What if the most important thing we're all here to do is to opt in and show up when it's easy and especially when it's hard? What if our purpose is to create community, to see and witness each other, to help each other feel less alone, to make this really big, vast world seem just a little bit smaller? Look, I love the sound of Dr. Kelly. It's excellent for my fragile ego. (laughs) 
but I think we need to all cut ourselves some slack. When you reach out to a friend, support a colleague, console a family member, laugh with a stranger, you are having an impact. Honestly, probably more than you even know. Thank you.